everybody. This is Natalie Stowell from So Goes the Future. Today I have with me Christiana Gondro. Am I saying your name right, Gondro? Yes, you are. Oh, good. And Christiana is such a beautiful name. Um, so we met through some sort of crunchy website because every, <laughs> everyone who follows me knows I'm into natural health. Um, but you turned me on to Beauty Counter, which is... Um, cleaner beauty products and I'm wearing them now. You're probably wearing them. I'm, I I'm am sure. too. Yes, I am. <laughs> and we were just talking about her fabulous earrings there. What's the company they're from? They're called um, Noonday. They, um, they, they buy wares from, from groups of women that otherwise wouldn't be able to make an income all over the world. And so these are paper beads. I love them. Mm -hmm. And they're not heavy. It's so great. Not at all. Yeah. Um, so we'll, I wanted to bring you on today for a variety of reasons. Um, you've also made a journey into more natural living. Um, you are a mom of five, is that right? Five, yes. Five. Um, one of your children has special needs um, mm -hmm. and you've had to rely on God quite a bit. Uh, I'm sure throughout your whole life, but especially, you know, with caring for your son. Um, so maybe let's just start with... Um, you know, what's your background? What's your story? Who were you before you had kids? Um, how did your family life unfold? Yeah, so I, so thank you for having me on. This is um, a great privilege. And so I grew up all over the world. Uh, my dad was with the um, foreign service and he did administrative work. So, and my mother is Brazilian. So I've grown up all over the world. I've seen a lot of, um, of things. I've seen a lot of life, all good. And they've made me who I am. And so when I met my husband, it was my dad's last post. He was living in Switzerland and I had, I was in college. First time I ever lived in the U S is when I went to college and I um, met him in Switzerland. I had to go to Switzerland to meet an American, I guess. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the rest is history. We met, I got married right after college. And then we lived in Switzerland for four years. And then, and then we moved to Rhode Island. And I have been here since then. And I, what I did before was work for the... Um, United, the Universal Postal Union, which is a specialized agency with the United Nations. And, um, and then after that, I became a mom, you know, I became a mom at 25, 26 years old. And that is what I've been doing since, but then, and I think we'll talk about this. I became an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, and it really was because of my son. It really was. Um, for so, I mean, there's so many things that have happened since he was born out of need, really. So, will you tell us a little bit more um, about your children and especially your son? Absolutely. So, my eldest is a daughter. She's now married, almost two years now, and and she's about to have her second baby. So beautiful. I never knew it was a life goal to be a grandma before night for, um, before 50. But <laughs> once I hit that, I was like, it should have been a life goal. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And um, I have a son who's 20. My special needs son is 16, almost 17. And then I have twin daughters who are 13. I did have a miscarriage uh, between my two sons 
around six, seven, eight weeks. And then I actually had um, a 20 month old, a 20 in, while I was pregnant, I lost my baby at 20 weeks. And that's a whole other story. It's, it's intertwined with such beauty um, and heartache, of course, but so in total, I'd say seven, but five with me right now. Yes. And my son who um, is special needs, he was born 25 weeks and two days. So he's an absolute miracle. And um, the world does know him because he was hugged by Pope Francis two weeks into his papacy on Easter Sunday. So. That is so cool. Oh, okay. So um, I actually would, if you are comfortable, love to visit the miscarriage topic because so many of my own friends as I've watched them get married have either struggled with infertility or an inability to sustain pregnancies. And it's, it's devastating for both you know, groups. Um, what words of hope and encouragement could you give to women who are struggling, uh, especially with miscarriages? Uh, the best uh, advice I can say is lean in hard in, in, into your faith. Um, believe, I, I, ha I carry this, I just know in my heart that our God loves us so much that if he loves us so much, anything that we go through, he has promised that he will bring good out of. And so I always, I always just rest in that hope and that belief because that is literally what has sustained me and also just be kind because there's um there were times that I wasn't aware of where I was I thought I was fine but looking back I I realized that I was in a period of grieving and I think the really important thing is just to be patient with yourself but to get up getting up so I'm a big proponent of pulling yourself together and just um, rather than just being in your pajamas all day. I do do that sometimes, but um, they're really cute. <laughs> but I, I really think it's important when you're in that place, rest there for a little bit, have a concrete idea of, of what that's gonna look like. For a week, I'm gonna allow myself to not do anything, but have a timeline. So that after that, the way that you speak to yourself is, I'm just going to get up every day. I'm just going to get up and I'm going to get ready. And then the next time, and then you just keep adding more things. And it really is like a quilt because you may have one, one square that you're not so much a fan of, but then it just becomes a part of this beautiful design and fabric. And I wouldn't take that away from... Do I want to go through it again? No, but I wouldn't take it away because then that means that I wouldn't have my motherhood, you know? And I really believe that that motherhood that you have is forever. It changes your heart. It changes, um, it changes everything. And it makes you a better person if you embrace it. There's even genetic changes that happen just from carrying yeah. another uh -huh. human. I was going to say that I know you forever carry a little bit of that DNA of that baby that you carried. And so really you are, um, emotionally, physically, and spiritually changed forever. And I know it's probably not comforting to someone who's in the very midst of it, but you and I both 
you know, trust that our, any children that pass um, and we don't get to hold, like go to God, that he you know they're innocent souls and they are cheering us on from heaven. So you have two saints already. Um, I know. And I know I need the help. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I find um, it, um, it's kind of, you know, I find it a great privilege to have our own personal family saints praying for us. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also was thinking as you were sharing that there's that morning offering prayer where it says, I know that you won't allow anything to happen to me today that wasn't foreseen by you and directed to my greater good from all eternity. I find that a very comforting prayer to start the day with uh, because in this life, of course, we're going to suffer different types of things. And um, it's good to remember that, God wouldn't allow it if he couldn't make some greater good in the long run for, for all parties involved. Absolutely. And I believe that, uh, one, if you think that you're going to make it through life without suffering, you're kind of living in a fairyland. It's not, it's not real, right? Uh, but I think that if we embrace it, and even if we don't know how we're going to do that, just embrace it. Just say yes. That's my, my newest thing is just say yes. Like our lady said, yes. She didn't know everything. She didn't know what was going to happen. All that was asked of her was to say yes. And then afterwards, um, there is great beauty in every step that you take. And sometimes it's a, it's a really hard step. And I think we should cheer ourselves up, cheer ourselves on. We should say, I got up today. I'm really proud of myself. And I think those are really important things. And I think as mothers, especially that uh, the biggest challenge is giving ourselves permission to attend to ourselves. And that is, I think, a crisis in our culture because it kind of goes one way or the other way. And how about the healthy way? How about the way that we are, we, our bodies, our lives were given as gifts. And so we really should take time to take care of ourselves. And it's also a, um, a witness to our children. We are worthy to do that, not in a vain way, but we have, like, we spend time. Um, can you hear that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we spend time cleaning our homes, making them pretty, preparing meals. Well, we need to spend time on ourselves. And especially if you are going through a time like that, I think it's even more important. If you are someone, like you mentioned the earrings, if you are someone that likes earrings, give yourself permission to buy a pair of earrings and maybe that's a commemorative pair of earrings and you, and you wear them, you know? I mean, it seems a little, but these little celebrations and these little permissions really speak to, because we're body and soul, right? And so um, these little actions really feed the soul when it's hurting. Not, I mean, prayer ultimately, mm -hmm. but one passage actually that comes to mind is, you know, when we're, um, you know, that uh, I should know the passage and all of where it is and everything, but when it says that we should adorn ourselves and not let the world know that we are um, fasting, mourning, mourning or anything like that, there's such wisdom to that, I think, because 
even that action becomes a way of helping us recover and helping us step into what's next, right? Because it's a journey, but it a lot. So I think there's a lot of wisdom in that instead of just never taking care of yourself because you're, you're in a really bad place. I get it. But even that little action is very healing. Is it a little bit like fake it till you make it? <laughs> you know, um, it is kind of in a good way, in a good way, I think, because, uh, you know, I made a joke about being in pajamas. I am not that person that feels good staying in my pajamas all day. If there are those cozy days, that's not what I'm talking about. But if you're in a hard place, it's really important to get yourself up and, um, and look, look cute in a sense, you know, like you don't have to, um, be a fashionista or anything. It's just put on your favorite t-shirt or put on your favorite top or put on a dress. I think dresses are that hidden, um, that hidden gem in your closet because it's less decision-making. It's one decision. You put on a dress, you don't have to do anything else and you just feel so good, you know? So I think it's really important that that happens if you are doing that. And obviously rest in prayer. I remember um, asking for little things that were really big looking back. Um, I remember right after I lost Micah Paul at 20 weeks, I remember um, saying to God, I accept it. Just take that dagger out of my heart so that I can breathe. And that's so all I asked him. I said, I, I accept it because we don't know if we'll be here for a hundred years. Um, we don't know if our story is 20 weeks like my son, you know, and I'm grateful. I think it's a gift, but that's all I asked. And I, and you know, it's crazy, but uh, when you are a person of faith, God will answer your prayers if it's according to his will. I remember physically feeling the knife being drawn out of my heart. I can't explain it, but I remember it was, I like gasped. And then I felt like, oh my goodness, I can breathe again, you know? And so whatever it is, wake up and, and say whatever you need and leave it as at his feet because he will he will respond in time and and also surround yourselves with people surround yourself with people that um will take care of you when you don't know how and i think one of the greatest gifts that i received was um when i was when i was back home two friends decided they were going to come over another friend and another friend. So I had four women show up to my house the day that I had come home and two, three of them just kind of spent time with me. And the fourth one cooked for me and made this special soup that apparently that you needed to make for women that just had babies or whatever. And it was an incredible experience just to be with other women. And I think that's really important. My husband was super supportive. Um, I, all my children were beautiful through it all, but to have women around you 
that was powerful, the power of community. It was incredible. And I didn't plan that. That was really, um, I believe, just God's way of helping me carry that cross, but it was beautiful. One thing that um, I was thinking too, as you were sharing is uniting yourself with Our Lady, Our Blessed Mother, because of course she lost her son as well. And she had, you know, we have the image of her with the seven swords piercing her heart and she's probably a help. Yeah, it's really, I, it's really important. If we intend to live our lives as women of faith, um, then then we have to accept that there will be moments in our lives that we will absolutely live out some portion of that cross, some portion of that agony that she experienced. And the mercy that God gives us is that usually it's not sustained. If it is sustained, I believe that he can draw great good, but we have to believe that. If we stay in that sorrow without looking for the joy, then I... I think that we um, need to reflect on whether we actually believe that God can bring great good out of a great sorrow. Something similar, of course, is carrying the cross of raising a child that does have a special need. Um, Of course, that cross comes with blessings, (laughs) but I'm sure there are many women out there who either have a child um, who has special needs and are struggling or maybe they're just afraid. Maybe they're older and they're about to have children and they're afraid. Like, well, what if my child has Down syndrome or some other complication? And um, what kind of hope and advice would you give to us in choosing life and um, mothering well with special needs child? Right. So my, my first piece of advice is say yes. Say yes. And the, it's a mercy that God doesn't show us every every step of what's going to happen in our lives, whether we're going to have a special needs child, whether, you know, in everything that we do, I think it's a great mercy that we can't see everything. And he asks us to just say yes. So I guess the first piece of advice is say yes, because never in my wildest dreams did I ever expect to experience the depth of love that come with raising a special needs child. Of course, it is a heavy cross to carry. And I guess my second piece of advice would be that you are meant to have a community around you. No one is ever meant to carry that cross by themselves. And our son Dominic has really blessed us with an incredible community. It's, I, we have met people that we would have never met. We have met, um, we have made friends. We have learned so much. And really then it's, it's like a, a really good friend of mine who also has a special needs um, son and she actually has a, another one. Uh, but she said, it's like, I think her husband said this, it's like getting on a plane and thinking that you're going to land in Italy, but you land in Sweden, you know, you didn't plan on it, but it's still a beautiful trip and it's still going to be wonderful. And that's okay. You don't have to plan that. We, you know, my husband and I talk about it. We didn't get married planning. I mean, there are heroic souls out there who bring into their homes special needs children intentionally, and I, they're heroic. And, but my children are who they are 
more because of having a child like that in our home than my parenting skills, <laughs> because I love my children. Yes, I look at parenting very intentionally. I have specific things that are very important to us and how we live. But what he has done to our hearts is unlike anything that could have been done just through parenting, you know? And I'll give you a little, um, a little peek into the beauty of it. Because as a mother, I think you can relate. It, so he's a 24-7 child. And what I mean by that is he's unable to do anything himself. He understands everything. He is able to tease his siblings. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so, But in the middle of the night, for example, so he has cerebral palsy. And in the middle of the night, sometimes I'll hear him call me. And so I'll get up and I'll go see. And I keep everything dark. I can give you lots of, I can give any mother lots of tips on how to make it through a, a night if you're always being woken up. <laughs> but so I will go, everything's dark and I'll attend to him. And in the darkness, I can't, I don't, can't even see his face. He'll say, thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's not anything sweeter in the middle of the night. I have taught him manners as I have taught my other kids. And I'm very straightforward with him that, you know, you have to pay attention to how you treat those that are, that are attending to you because you rely on that. And so he even attends to that to, with me. It's incredible. So yeah, very beautiful. Embrace it. And I get the question of, what are you going to do when he's, you know, such and such an age, really one day at a time with God's grace, one day at a time is how I have approached every single step of what we're doing. It's just much easier that way. <laughs> Daily bread. That's right. And like you said earlier, I mean, we never know what the next day holds. So even if we plan ahead, um, you never know how it will unfold. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, there have been several things that I just want to recap that you've said that I thought were beautiful. And um, one is having a lot of self-compassion and speaking to yourself compassionately and like celebrating the tiny wins um, because it can be hard to embody what we think is the perfect mother that we should be. And, um, and also, you know, grieving. I've heard there's an expression, what you resist persists, so giving yourself a chance to grieve, getting support. Um, but also kind of like frozen too, where it's like, just do the next right thing, take the next right step. Yeah. You're still like stepping slowly, incrementally into embodying where you're heading as a woman of faith and where you want to be and continuing with your life with joy because Christians, we grieve, but we also grieve with a certain sense of, of joy and hope and peace. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to add to that. Um, with my, with Dominic, who was born at 25 weeks and two days, he was in the hospital for four months. And I really believe, so I had two kids by then and my husband to his credit just kept things going in like our everyday routines. And, you know, he was born in the last, on the last day of spring and he was due early fall. So in the middle of summer, he would say, he would wake up and was like, we're going to the beach. And I'd be like, what do you mean? We're going to the beach. I need to go to the hospital. We'll stop by, we'll visit and we'll go to the beach. And my children, my two older ones 
do not have much of a recollection of that period of time in a traumatic way. And I credit it very much to the fact, uh, again, um, adorning yourself and not letting the world know that you're, that you're in mourning or you're fasting or whatever it is, just it really, it really did help our family um, weather that storm the best way possible that we could have. That's a beautiful story. I love it. So I think the big thing we should talk about before we wrap up is all these things that you experienced led you to want to clean up your lifestyle, clean up your family's lifestyle. Why, what things have you done? What advice do you give the rest of us who maybe are starting out on this journey and wondering if we should clean things up? Yeah, so much. Oh my goodness. So, uh, I will say that it was because of Dominic. Uh, or my first, my first critical pregnancy, because I carry zero uh, risk factors. And I think a lot of people nowadays have, have health issues happening that may or may not, they may or may not know what the root cause is. There's always a reason, but you don't know the root cause. So two things I have never, I've never dwelt on. um, I've never dwelt on why did this happen to me? I have instead uh, focused on what can I do to, to improve, right? And so, so we started with food because of my son. And my attitude was, if it's good for him, it's good for all of us. And I also didn't want to have that separation. It was very or, uh, organic. It happened organically, funny, because organic because were the food and everything. But it really just kind of happened in my head. It was, well, if it's good for him, it's going to be good for us. And food is the most challenging arena to, to attack, or really to attack, because you really have to go all in. But my recommendation with that is find someone that you already know has been on that journey and ask them what their, what's, what's the first step that you recommend. My first step is always um, a documentary called um, Genetic Roulette. And it's an hour, 24 minutes. You can find it free on Vimeo, or you can go to the website. That was our first step. That's the first step I always give people because it's really important to know what's happening with the food supply. It's not where you stop, but it's a really good place. And then um, what happened when he was two years old is I needed um, to create an income because we were we were exploring things that were not covered by insurance, more holistic ways of living and, and helping him. Because really what I was looking for was to give him the most normal lifestyle possible. And if we looked a hundred percent to the medical community, that's not what I was going to get. And my challenge to everyone, when someone, mm-hmm. you know, his life was saved because of modern medicine but he is as healthy as he is because of the holistic path that we took with his, with his wellness. And so we need both, but I think lifestyle wise, you need a more holistic approach and and food is medicine. It really is. It's an investment, but it's worth every penny. And so then it took us to me needing to create income. And again, it was not how we picture how, we picture how our lives are supposed to be maybe as a wife or 
a husband or a family or as a single person, we have this idea. And I think it's important to keep saying to yes to God because he will dismantle all of those ideas. I never saw myself as a businesswoman. And he took me into the business world as an entrepreneur out of necessity. I needed, we needed for me to make an income like right away. And the only uh, place really that kind of, not the only place, but the fastest way to, to, to answer that without having to apply for jobs or anything like that is in the direct sales industry. Um, the direct sales industry does not work for someone that doesn't treat it like a job. And I, we needed it so badly that I stepped in and treated it like a job. And it was the best thing that happened to us in so many ways. So much growth, so much, all the shifting and working together that my husband and I had to do. Was it bumpy? Absolutely. hundred percent, very bumpy, but we have come out so much better because it really stretched us. And, um, and has benefited our family in so many ways, not just financially. It really has benefited us in the way that we have grown. Would you also say you like the community that you're surrounded by working for Beauty Counter? I love the community because the women that stay around are the women, I mean, we have men, but the women that stay around are really passionate about clean beauty and passionate about making a difference. And it brings in every type of person. That's the thing. And so that's what I love about our community with Beauty Counter is that we're working on a common goal. That is very um, important, actually. You know, it's important to have clean beauty because most people don't know that they're slathering themselves with so many toxins. You wouldn't do it if it said, if on the bottle it said exactly what it does. And by the way, this is going to mess with your hormones and maybe you'll have heavy metals that won't come out of your body. And like, if it was all labeled and you actually knew what it was going to do, no way you'd put it on your body. Um, so through Beauty Counter, the community, the women that stay stay because they have a passion for it. And they also stay because they're committed to growing because you have to grow personally. You, they're really um, working on themselves, working to become better, better at organization, better at being, you know, um, organizing their business, better at talking to people. I mean, these are great skills and it's like, you get free business coaching. It may be a stepping stone. Maybe you won't stay there, but you really get so much business coaching that you can then take out into something else that God calls you to, you know? So I'm really passionate about that place because uh, about that space, because I have seen so many women blossom in a really positive way. I love it. Um, I can tell that you're passionate about it. And I think that's one of the reasons why you've been so successful um, and got me on board with wanting to use some beauty counter and I've loved it. Um, also, this whole topic reminds me of the topic of prepping your body for pregnancy, because I think, you know, we have a very sex obsessed culture and there's not often a lot of thought about one that you might conceive, right? And this is why abortion is such a common thing. Um, but also too, that um, we should actually prepare our bodies um, 
before we conceive because what we bring to the table, whether it's toxins or um, flipping on certain genetic variants with our lifestyle and diet and um, our nutrition levels are going to be the material that form our and shape our child and their genetics and everything. So I didn't know that was a thing until maybe 10 years ago when I um, had a health crisis myself and I started reading about Weston Price and his research among tribal people um, back in the, I don't know, in the thirties or something and how they would have like foods that women who were newlywed and were going to be conceiving soon would eat like liver and <laughs> things that are really nutrient dense powder, that yes. are crazy to us, but they were so thoughtful because they're like, we want you to have healthy children. Obviously we can't avoid every kind of suffering or imperfection in our, in our children and um, all the things you've talked about, you know, are important to remember moving forward. But um, I think, you know, knowing that now we can all move forward with doing the best for our own body and our own nutrition to keep it clean, keep it healthy, to give our children the best foundation that we are able to as humans. I love that you pay specific attention to that because um, that is absolutely true. And you brought up Weston A. Price. It's actually, that's actually where I started. I started with a book called Nourishing Traditions. And I know that not at, um, Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon. And I know most people won't go to that book necessarily and start their health journey there, but that's where I started and was exposed to Weston A. Price and all of that idea, right? But so my daughter, who's 24, when I stood, when we started cleaning up our products and I was introduced, I had started before, but when I was introduced to Beauty Counter in 2013, I think she must have been um, probably around 15 or 16. I'm not um, totally, I can't, I'm not 100%. So 2013, she's 24. So it was 11 years ago. Yeah, so she was about, no, she was younger than that, 12 or 13 years old. So she, so we had um, really had some health issues with her, not specific, but always hormone related. Just a lot of, even as a toddler, just all over the place. And I really didn't know where it was coming from. And I didn't know that it was a thing, right? I just thought that she was a highly emotional person or whatever. Fast forward to Beauty Counter. And she had struggled with regular cycles, just didn't have them. And we had tried all sorts of different holistic things. And when Beauty Counter came along, we only had, I think, six, nine products, something like that. But it was just skincare and body care. Within two or three months of using only Beauty Counter, she became, to she totally plateaued and, and became totally balanced in her hormones. And to me, I thought, one, I was super relieved, but two, I was kind of angry because I thought, that's it. That's what was going on. And here I was, you know, doing um, all sorts of different things with her and try, let's try this, let's try that. And it was, it was always holistic, but nothing worked. And so that was a really big eye opener. And now fast forward, she's a young mom. Her first, she had such an incredibly healthy pregnancy and she's pregnant again. And it's again, another incredibly healthy pregnancy and the birth couldn't be better, you know? And so I'm looking at that and this is where I say, 
when I said, just say yes and take that first step. There is no way I knew that it would lead me to now and the positive ramifications of what's, what my daughter is doing and how she's choosing her products because now she knows she wasn't always on board, but um, yeah, motherhood. So it's really, really important. And we had started that health journey. So thankfully she had done several detoxes before ever getting pregnant. I am super passionate about recommending young women to have at least one detox. I think it helps you be less sick, helps your baby be healthier. I'm currently doing a detox, but I tell you when you're in childbearing age and you start having children, it could be years before you can actually detox or go or safely, safely, because otherwise it goes through to the breast milk or you're pregnant or Mm -hmm. so. And I, I've heard that the body will sometimes dump toxins into a child in your, yeah. Yeah. And that that may even be a cause for some miscarriages is the toxicity dump. Because Um, the blood is just, you know, like so much more blood, everything is moving in a way that never was moving. Yep. Um, Also, I, I work with teenagers in my job and, you know, I think culturally we just kind of joke and accept like, oh, teenagers, they're super emotional and crazy, Um, which, you know, there's some truth, of course, but um, it's a very interesting point. We are living in a time where we swim in a chemical soup. And I think it's important that we at least explore that possibility as affecting, um, you know, our sons and daughters who are in going through puberty. I know that from puberty till I was probably 30 and I cleaned up my lifestyle, my, you know, my cramps every month were unbearable. And so many girls face that. And once I started cleaning it up and eating a lot of, you know, healthy, saturated fats, omega threes, um, getting rid of the excessive refined sugars, mm-hmm. um, that went away significantly. And I was like, I wish I had known this all along. You know, I wish moms knew these things all along so they can give their kids just the best foundation that as a human being you can. Um, And then from there, you know, leave it all in God's hands and trust him and say yes. Um, Well, if you have anything else to add, please feel free, but definitely let everyone know how they could get in touch with you if they want to learn more about Beauty Counter or maybe just get some uh, advice. Yeah. So I, yes, I love mentoring women and I love helping them clean up. So I like to say that I'll give you the cliff notes because ours was a long journey. So, um, but you can find me on Instagram, live well, dream big all together. And you can find me on my website. If you want to shop beauty counter is just beautycounter.com slash Christiana Gondreau. C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-A-G-O-N-D-R-E-A-U. Kind of long, <laughs> but um, those I think are the easiest ways to find me and just reach out and say hello. Thank you so much, Christiana. I'm so happy to talk to you today. Thanks for taking time away from your family to share with us. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie.